we start, I'll just say this right out the gate. So on Sunday, just keep your eyes on our Facebook page for those who are watching online, those who are in the house. They're saying we're going to have snow. Now, I've given mom her assignment for the next few days. <laughs> so to pray that the winds cease, <laughs> because that's what's kind of telling us how much snow and this and that and where it lands. So mom, prayers, have an assignment. <laughs> pray. And we're all depending on her. No, we can pray too. But here's the thing. How many people will agree with the news people? <gasps> Did you see how much snow we're going to have? Well, now we're speaking into existence. So let's see how many people speak it into existence or pray that we have minimal snow. Depending on that, <laughs> we may be virtual on Sunday. Uh, we will not cancel service. From here on out, I mean, we won't cancel service. Even I have to do it on my little phone with my data plan. <laughs> we will have service together, even if it's virtual. Uh, we'll never cancel. There's no reason now to cancel a service. None. We have technology, so we can do it right online. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, New Hampshire is supposed to get more and more snow, and that's where we're supposed to be. If, if they cancel there because of the snow reschedule there, I'll still come to church and hear Pastor Tom, or Tom, not Pastor Tom, but Tom. I'll come hear him and enjoy it with y'all. Uh, if not, I will reschedule him because he, I want him to be in person. I want him to get the full experience, not to be virtual. And so we'll see what happens by Friday. My weatherman will let me know what we're doing, and that is Eric. So <laughs> he'll let me know. He'll tell me what the weather's like, and, and he's the type. He'll go out in snow, and we have good cars that we could drive, so he don't care. But he, he also has common sense, and he thinks about everybody else. And so we were always the type, snow. I don't care if it's three feet of snow. We're going to church. <laughs> And then now everybody else feels obligated, and you know, that's how things happen. We gotta exercise some wisdom here and, and some, some wisdom, but that's how we were always. We sat in the other church in a hurricane. <laughs> right, we have technology. So that's a good thing. And we didn't have that then. Right. And so, you know, so uh, we sat in the other church. I think only Garvel came to church because he lived right up the street. We had no power at all. We're sitting with our little phone lights doing our little Sunday morning service in the middle of hurricane. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we go to church. When the church, when it's time for church, we don't let the weather stop us. No, no. So mom has an assignment and the rest of us have an assignment to align, <laughs> right, to align our words with her prayers. You're leading us in this effort though. Not that we're going to blame you if, because we know that people, <laughs> people, <laughs> right, so then blame us, right. Someone in the church disagreed with the prayer. So uh, Sunday, we'll, we'll, we're going to see what happens by Friday. So stay close to the Facebook page, those who are watching online, those who are in the house, stay close and uh, we'll keep you updated so you don't come all the way here, you know, or that kind of thing. I know the last time we had a virtual service, people, you know, a couple people came and then others were like, we were live the week before. We were in person. We thought it was going to be virtual. So just stay uh, and, you know, stay connected to the Facebook page and uh, you'll be kept informed. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Welcome in those who are watching tonight. We love you. We're glad you joined us tonight. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are one in the Spirit and one in the Lord. We thank you for the miraculous. <laughs> You've been talking to me about that. So we've been, we, we're thanking you for the miraculous power of God. 
that's at work in this universe because it's at work on the inside of every one of us. And I ask that you would open our eyes today as we get into your word together. That's why we're here. We're here to get into the word of God together to study and dig into your word. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here helping us to do it and to get all that we can out of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So it's been a while since I gave something away. Uh, this is Winning the Mind Battle, and it's by Kylie Oaks Gatewood. This is uh, Billy Brim's granddaughter, uh, Shelly's uh, daughter. And uh, this is Gaining Control of Your Soul. <laughs> Uh, Kylie Oaks, she shares her testimony in here, but she went from Rama student in Bible school where I was. She went to Rama student, from Rama student to living in her car, to in a mental facility. And uh, even the doctor was like, aren't you Billy Brim's daughter, a granddaughter? <laughs> like, great. She's like, I can't get away from it. And while she was there, diagnosed with a few disorders and uh, all of that, the Lord really ministered to her. And let her know she's in control. Not disorder. She's in control. And so this book is about that. Gives you some tips. Maybe if you don't need it, you know someone who does. And you need to know how to speak into their life. So who wants it? <laughs> Come get it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There you go. Be blessed. All right. So let me move this because we're not centered, I heard. All right. Now we're centered. <laughs> All right. We started last week a series called Prayer Principles. And this series coincides with the one we're doing on Sunday on Kingdom Living. Uh, prayer is one of the foundations of Kingdom Living. I think we can all agree with that. Amen. We're talking about prayer and more specifically corporate prayer as it's extremely, extremely important in this prophetic hour. Do you realize we're living in a prophetic hour? Yes, yes. And we're living in a prophetic hour, and prayer, corporate prayer, is essential for this time that we're living in. Uh, if we don't talk about the important things, they become less important. <laughs> so God has stirred my heart concerning this subject, and we'll stay on this series until Wednesday, March 30th. And I know exactly the day we're going to end this year, so i got to get everything in. <laughs> I'm going to be talking really fast. Uh, and so March 30th will be our first annual, we're going to do it hopefully annually uh, or even quarterly, uh, family prayer event. It will be a family prayer event. And so I encourage you to bring your family. And if you're, okay, well, I'm single. Well, you're part of this family. So believe me, there's a place for you and we'll be doing things together. I have prayers for uh, different scenarios. So we'll all come together though and we'll do it in a corporate setting. Uh, God is going to give us the whole picture as we get closer. I'm just telling him. You got to make it clearer to me, Lord. So he will. And so he'll bring it all together. So last week I talked about some, uh, a little bit about our personal prayer life. I talked about uh, the importance of that. First Thessalonians we looked at. 
517. And if you are turning there, you're going to miss it because it's very simple. It just says pray without ceasing. By the time you get there, the verse will be read. <laughs> it's a short verse. So pray without ceasing. This verse means to remain in an attitude of prayer all through the day, ready to pray anywhere about anything the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray. That's what this verse means. We talked about having conversations with God uh, during the time we set aside to purposely pray. We talked about having conversations uh, while we're getting ready. Uh, we talked about on our drive to work or to school before we go to bed, intentionally talking with him, including him in our daily routine. And I gave... Uh, the illustration last week of how I was feeling connected, disconnected from him when I got into work, but uh, how just one word of wisdom from him, and I don't mean it came audibly, like I heard this big voice on the, do this and all will be well. No, it was just a little, you understand what I mean, that little prompting on the inside. While we're walking to the copy machine or to the restroom back there uh, or to get water, which I drink a lot of water, while we're walking, instead of complaining how far the water cooler is, just connect with me during that time. And when I did that, that opened the door for so much more. I was able to, huh. They've got, why, and why I didn't think of it for over a year, you know, they have their talk show on. Why can't I play, you know, my word? <laughs> and so I started doing that. And, and then just incorporating, you know, my worship music, if that's what God led me to do. And then change my screen to say uh, scriptures and things, you know, my computer screen, my desktop, uh, to do that. So every 15 minutes, it, it spoke to me. It spoke the word to me. And so uh, just, just simple, one word, of, one word from God, one word of wisdom can change your entire day and can change your, your work day. It can change your day at school. Whatever it is that you're doing, it can change it. So uh, in this series, we'll look at the different kinds of prayers. Uh, we'll look at what is corporate prayer, why we should participate what happens when we participate, uh, three reasons why we should have or you should have a prayer journal, uh, and how we pray effectively for this prophetic time that we're living in because we are in a different time than we were in three, four, five, six years ago. We're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. I'm so excited. <laughs> So let's start with the different kinds of prayers. That's where we're going to start in this series. We're not going to get too deep into this. I'm just going to give an overview of each type, and we're going to touch the tip of the wave, so to speak. Uh, this, you know, this is really the goal is to uh, get some more spiritual tools in our toolbox. That's really why we're doing this, to get some more spiritual tools in the toolbox. Not so I can, you know, call up so-and-so and tell him, guess what I learned this week? I'm smarter than you when it comes to prayer. <laughs> Until we're actually doing it, we're not smarter. It's just knowledge, you understand? <laughs> so uh, that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to just increase our, uh, uh, I guess, our understanding of it, we could say. And then when you increase your understanding of it, your desire to actually do it will grow as well. So turn over to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Ephesians 6, verse 18. I'll read it out of the New King James Version. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, 
in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The original translation of this verse says, praying with all kinds of prayer. Paul was telling the church of Ephesus that God has made many kinds of prayer available to us for different moments of our lives. Amen. That's what he was telling him. And different moments in our fight of faith. <laughs> different types of prayers. I love what Rick Renner says, and I want you to catch it. When I read this, I had to read it several times over and over again. Listen to what he says. And it's so simple, but listen to how he says it. We simply cannot maintain a victorious position apart from a life of prayer. Without this vital spiritual weapon, we can be sure of defeat. We are trying to live this victorious life and stay in this victory. Because remember, Jesus bought and paid for our victory. On the cross, he bought and paid for it. But every day, we've got to maintain that victory. Because that's what the enemy is trying to come against and come and get. And he knows if he could take the word, he'll take your victory. And your word, your prayer is anchored on the word of God. So if he could take the word, you've got nothing to pray and stand and put your prayer on. And so we got to live a life of prayer if we're going to maintain the victory that Jesus bought and paid for. Amen. Glory to God. He's paid it all. And we as a church can't victoriously accomplish our mission and our vision that God has given to us apart from prayer. We can't do it. We can't. Like he said, we can be, without this vital spiritual weapon, we can be sure of defeat. Before we even get started, we can already know what's coming. Defeat. When we don't live with, with prayer in our lives. When we, like, in, in, you know, I don't include that. I just, you know, I have this thing where God knows. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. As we seek God in prayer to receive his direction and his power for our daily living, we get ourselves in position to re victoriously reinforce Jesus' triumphant victory over Satan. And we demonstrate Satan's defeat, not ours. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. So Ephesians 6.18 again tells us praying always. Sounds very familiar to us. We just read in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. And this is now Paul telling another church. He told the church in Thessalonica. And now he's telling the church in Ephesus, pray always, pray without ceasing. And that means pray at every opportunity. And then he goes on to say, with every kind of prayer. God has given us different kinds of prayers to pray. Prayer is not a one-size-fits-all weapon. 
I'm just going to shoot out the prayer. You know, it, it's not. That's why we get hit or miss in our answers because we're hit or miss in our prayers. And so it's not. Uh, just like basketball and football are both a sport. They're both a sport. But you cannot win a football game playing basketball rules. You can't. You can't win that game if you're not playing by the rules of the game. First of all, you'll be disqualified. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's, it's it, not if you want to win. So there is a specific prayer for each specific event we face. There is. The seven types of prayers that we're going to look at. Now, people call them different things, okay? This is what we got in Bible school. These are the prayers, and it's even a little different uh, in terms of some of the verbiage, but it all comes under the same. Other, if someone else gives you seven, when you start matching them up, you're like, oh, no, they were talking about that prayer right here. Here it is. So it all aligns, okay? So, again, we're not going to get legalistic in, in the kinds of, oh, you said this and they said that. We're not going to get legalistic. These are the seven prayers God wants this church to learn about. Amen? <laughs> All right. Prayer of consecration. And we'll go through these one by one, but I'll give you the seven right now. Prayer of consecration. Prayer of petition. Prayer of authority. Prayer of thanksgiving. Prayer of agreement. Prayer of supplication. Prayer of intercession. Now, there are more types of prayers than these. You're like, where's praying in the spirit? Where's that? To me, that's more of a way to pray. Not a type of prayer, but a way to pray. And it can come under intercession. You could pray that way when you intercede for someone. You can even pray that way when you're praying the prayer of consecration. And so the, pray, the praying in the spirit, some put that as a, a type of prayer, and that's fine. I just, we'll, we're going to definitely talk about praying in the spirit, obviously, because that's in every kind of prayer. But I don't have that as a type of prayer, uh, one of our seven. But it's in there. So we're going to talk about uh, praying in the spirit quite a bit, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, the prayer of intercession, that's one of the areas that we pray a lot. Like uh, on Wednesdays online, it's our day to pray for souls and pray for the harvest. And a lot of times I'll get done, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I prayed everything I know to pray in my understanding. You know, you, I, if you don't have a, a, a large vocabulary like I do, it's very limited, then you have to, okay, Lord, we're switching over <laughs> and we're going to pray in the spirit. Because Otherwise, you start praying and you start praying in your understanding, you can start praying unbelief. You can start praying unbelief. And it's like packaged in a prayer, but it really is unbelief. And so before you go there, just start praying in the spirit. And then God will bring you back in to give you a scripture. Aha, okay, I can pray that out in my understanding. And then switch back. Okay, we're not talking about praying in the spirit today, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> Just an example. All right, so let's look at the word prayer first. The word prayer. This is a simple word. We use it all the time. Uh, the most common Greek word for prayer in the New Testament is pro... Hold on, I type it the way it sounds. It's prosukamai. But they do that little... 
Middle Eastern Sukhumai, which I can't do. So pro Sukhumai <laughs> is what it is. Uh, and it is a compound word for the words pro and yukamai. The word pros means toward, and it implies closeness. Toward and close, closeness. It's a preposition that means face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. That's what prose means. And we see a description of this in John chapter 1 and verse 1. And I'll read it out of the King James Version. In John chapter 1, verse 1, this is familiar to most of us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see that word with right there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That word with in this verse is taken from that Greek word prose. Same word. Same word. This verse describes the relationship between Jesus and the Father. Face to face. And when you're face to face, what happens? You're breathing their breath. You can feel their breath. That's the closeness of God the Father and Jesus. That's what this verse describes. Nearly everywhere that this word prose is used in the New Testament, it carries the meaning of close, upfront, intimate contact with someone else. So when it comes to prayer, it means God is calling us to a place of face-to-face -face intimacy with him. Do you see how far we've come with prayer? <laughs> how far we've moved prayer from close intimacy with God. The word eukamai, or you could see euko in there, almost like Eucharist. It's someone who sets themselves apart and makes a vow to God. You can see that in this verse. It means to offer a request, a wish, a desire, prayer, or vow. When these words are put together, they form prosukamai, and it means to come near to offer a request or a vow, that kind of thing. That is what the word of God means in most cases when we see the word prayer in the Bible. To come close, face to face, to offer a request, vow, wish, or desire. Now, not wishing, I wish I had a pizza right now. Not that kind of wish. Like, my wish or my desire is this. You know, this is my desire. This is my wish. Uh, what's interesting is that this word, prosukamai, also refers to the prayer of consecration. This is the most common type of prayer in the New Testament. 127 times you will see the prayer of consecration just in the New Testament. If he put it there, he inspired, the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to use this word 127 times in the New Testament. I think it's pretty important. Amen. The prayer of consecration. 
And see, when Paul wrote this word and used this word here, pray uh, always and with, you know, at every opportunity, they heard that because they know what this word means. They value the words more than we do. We have 28 different ways you could say one word. <laughs> like, I mean, you, there, 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 or there. You know, two or two, you know, uh, it's fun teaching kids, you know, no, it's not that there, it's the other there. What there? It's that there, not that there. There, you need an apostrophe in the there. So, I mean, we've got so many words and it, they lose their meaning and their value. But Greek, Hebrew, they hold the value. Words mean everything. How, what you name your children can make or break them. Because that person fully believes that is who they are. And they live up to their name. <laughs> Look at Jacob and Esau. They all live up to their name. And so it's very different than our culture. Very different. But when Paul wrote them, he totally under, they totally understood what he meant by this word. And so, you know, we, we got to dig to find what the in original translation is. Otherwise, it's lost on us. The church at Ephesus knew that the prayer of consecration would bring them face to face with God, intimately close to him, where they would yield and surrender to him completely. And he would respond by answering their requests and providing what they needed. They were sure of it. They were absolutely sure of the prayer of consecration. It's about surrender and sacrifice. That's what the prayer of consecration is. God doesn't just want to bless us. He wants to change us. <laughs> right? He wants to change us. And so uh, he can do that when we put our lives on the altar. Amen? Amen? Right before him. Every day. This prayer of consecration, prosukamai, is a place where we give God all we are, all our insecurities, all the fear, all the defects, all the problems, <laughs> all our weaknesses. And we give him our talents, our gifts, our skills. We lay it all out there for him. We give it to him. And in return or in exchange, he gives us his power. He gives us his presence. He gives us all his goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's the great exchange. What a deal. <laughs> he gets all that. And, 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 you know, our gifts and talents and skills, he gave to us to begin with. <laughs> so it's like, what are you getting out of the deal? <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. He loves that about us when we surrender everything to him and he can exchange and give us his power, his presence, and all his goodness. God is telling us 127 times to come face to face with him at the altar and surrender our life in exchange for his, consecrating ourselves to him on an ongoing basis. Amen. This is not just one time. If you read Ephesians uh, in, in Paul's prayers, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, we pray them often. That's what Paul is praying about in these prayers. 
That's what he's praying for, that we would have an intimacy with God so we would know and understand him and know him in greater ways and know his love in a way that we never knew it before. And then in exchange, hallelujah, we would have the love of God, the fullness of God. He talks about in Ephesians 1, the power of God, wisdom, and the authority. Because remember, Ephesians chapter 1, right in there between 22 and 20 and 22 and 23, it talks about that uh, has put all things under his feet. And remember, if it's under his feet, you're his body. So it's under the feet of the body. And so it's under our feet. Gave him to be head over all things to the church. And it names the things that he's over. The principalities and powers, rulers, all of those things. It, it's, we're over those things. They are under our feet. But we don't live that way often. We live so far below that sometimes. So what will help us? Praying. Getting closer to God so he can continue to share that with us. He shares that and he makes it more real to us. The more we connect and we get eyeball to eyeball, face to face with him, the more he can share that with you and say, you know, this is where you belong. You don't belong down there. Come up here and stay here. I want you to stay up here. Live here. You're going to love it. <laughs> live here. You'll love it. This is the kind of life you want to live. And so let him do that. And if we'll do that every, can you imagine doing this every day? We shouldn't be imagining it. We should be doing it every day and having that relationship with him because that will bring you joy like never before. Amen. You're struggling with joy. Here's your answer. Hallelujah. Have you ever made a vow to God? <laughs> ever do that? Mm-hmm. Did, did he answer? Yeah, like, okay, you saved my life. I know my husband, he's told it before. So, you know, when he was over in Iraq, he's like, if you get me out of this place, <laughs> I'll serve you the rest of my days. You know, one of those. And so we asked, did, did, did he answer? Yeah, yeah. Did you keep your vow? Don't answer that. <laughs> when was the last time you prayed a prayer of consecration? or surrender to God, and exchanged your attitude, ooh, rebellion, insecurities, problems, weaknesses, talents, gifts, skills, for all he is and all of his goodness. Think about the last time you've done that. Listen to this prayer by the great John Wesley. He penned this prayer of consecration. It says, oh Lord, it's so simple. Oh, Lord, may nothing dwell in my soul but your pure love alone. Till my every thought, word, and act be love. Yes, Lord, may your love possess me whole. You're my joy, my treasure, my crown. Just a prayer. He penned one day. They were having a good old time, I guess, in service. And he thought, ooh, this is a good prayer of consecration. What's your prayer of consecration to God? What is it that you pray? on a daily basis, maybe before you leave the house, consecrating yourself to him. What is your prayer? Maybe take the time to write it down because what we write down is important to us, right? And so if we would get up every morning and pray a prayer like this, 
If your life is at a standstill or it's stagnant, you know, start praying this prayer. If it's, uh, you're, you don't feel like you're going, uh, you know, it's, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm standing still. Start consecrating your life to God. If you desire to see more of God's goodness in your life, Pray the prayer of consecration. If you don't have the same fire in your heart for God or the same love for him that you had when you first believed, pray this prayer of consecration. Hallelujah. Consecrate your body, your mind, your work, your home, every part of you and your life to him. Amen. Amen. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 is a picture of the prayer of consecration. I'll read it out of the Passion. It says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Hallelujah. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his there's an exchange when we pray this prayer. So expect that when you pray it. Thank God for it before you end the prayer. Thank him. I want to discern. I want to discern God's will every time I have a decision to make. Every time. I don't want to, you know, maybe this week I discern it and, you know, two days later I mess up and I, I didn't discern it and, oh, Lord, two steps back. I don't want that. We're mature enough and we're seasoned enough in this body to, to know that. We've had enough word. If you've had two weeks of word, good word, you, you can do this. <laughs> and so, you know, to know that if I do what this verse of scripture says, I can discern his will every time. I can know it. Hallelujah. I don't have to guess. I don't have to put a fleece out. Ever hear that? Put a fleece out? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's his desire. And if we'll consecrate ourselves daily to him, we can have it. That beautiful, satisfying life that pleases him. When you lay down at night, you pull the covers up, and you've already talked to him, and you lay there and you go, this is a beautiful, satisfying life. There's nothing that I did today that displeased you. I can sleep in peace. You ever ask someone, how do you sleep at night? You know, the, you hear it on TV because <laughs> oh <my God>. they, <laughs> they're robbers, you know, or they had to live a life of crime. How do you sleep at night taking money from people? As a, well, in the kingdom of God, we sleep peacefully. We lay down and our, sweet, our sleep is sweet. Amen? Amen? If we know that we're living a life that please, I don't have to lay down and think about all the things I did wrong all day long. Oh. I did it again. That's, that's Nina. She loves, I'm like, go do that. I don't want to hear that. 
But yeah, I don't have to think about those things. Well, I don't know if that's possible. We're all human. Oh, it's possible. It's possible. I remember I told my mom it was like 2000 or 2001, you know, I started living right for God. Because all my life, I, I mean, when I was a kid, oh, yes, I was the angel. I was wonderful. I mean, I was the one that, <laughs> I was, yes, ma'am, and I never talked back. But I was that girl that would lock myself in my room for an hour or two, praising and worshiping God, got out my favorite book, which was uh, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. Uh, I just would read that all the time. I was like eight, nine, ten years old. I was perfect then. That was my perfect time. And so I did that. And, uh, you know, me and my sister, I remember we were in the room. We're like, we saw an angel. We come out. You know, we just had glorious times with the Lord uh, together. And we, they didn't tell us to do it. We did it ourselves because we desired to do it. That was the kind of, and people would go, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I'm like, a missionary. And if you knew me back in the day, uh, the thing was that I was going to be the missionary with all the jewelry <laughs> because I would look and I still do it. If you see me look at your rings, I tell Patty all the time, oh, I love that ring. If you wear earrings, I notice jewelry. Jewelry has always been, been my thing. In fact, I told one woman when she got married, I was her little flower girl, and uh, I looked at her ring and I said, when you die, I'm going to have that ring. <laughs> she still remembers it, Anna Verona. She still remembers it. She's like, Maria wants my ring when I die. <laughs> I told her, when you die, I'm having your ring. And so they said, you're going to be the only missionary out there with all kinds of jewelry. And I'm like, that's right, I am. I'll be on the mission field with all my big rings. Uh, but then, you know, things changed, and I did my own thing, and I went my own way. So back, you know, so it was always straddling the fence, always uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable on that fence. And so, I mean, just uncomfortable as anything. One way, you know, with the church, she'd have us do personality tests. And I'm like, now, am I taking this test like sitting here in church or is this me at work? <laughs> or is this me at school? Which Maria do you want on this paper today? And so I hated personality tests. I hated it because I wasn't living the same everywhere. I had foul language here at home. It was beautiful, clean. Yes, mommy, you know. <laughs> And so that's how I lived for a long time. So in 2000, when I got my act together and I surrendered completely to the Lord, like I was eight, at eight years old, uh, I went to my mom. I'm like, do you know that we could go all day without sinning? Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> that's in 2000, right? I'm like, I can go the entire day. I did nothing wrong. I can actually look up to God and say, I did nothing wrong today. It was like so much freedom to me. It was so much freedom that I could do that because I lived a life of bondage to sin. The pull of the world was so strong. But God had a plan. And I'm so glad I heard Nancy Dufresne say it the other day. I love that he has paths. <laughs> he prepared paths ahead of time. So if you get off the highway here, there's another way to get back on. And I had to do that so many times. But I thank God when I did it once and for all in 2000, I've never gotten off that path. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. And we can go to bed with our mind free. One less thing to have to think about that I sinned today. No, one less thing that I have to go to bed weighing me down. No, I did everything you asked me to do. Because if we'll consecrate ourselves to him, 
He'll help us be accountable. <laughs> He'll help us be accountable. And you can tell someone, here's what I pray today. Here's the prayer of consecration I pray today. Now, if you see me step out of line, get me in line. And if you don't have someone who can tell you, you do the Holy Spirit. Yes. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. In me. <laughs> You are welcome to say whatever you want to say. If I get out of line, I start opening this little mouth to say something, stop me, please, Holy Spirit. And so that's what drawing clothes and the prayer of consecration will help us do. If we'll pray it every morning when we get up, it's okay to pray it several times a day if you have to. The prayer of consecration is a very common prayer that we can use to consecrate ourselves to Jesus and to the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 13 says, so then, I'll read it out of the Passion, so then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. In the voice, verse 13 says, don't offer your bodily members to sin's service as tools of wickedness. Instead, offer your body to God as those who are alive from the dead and devote the parts of your body to God as tools for justice and goodness in the world. He cares about every one of your body parts. All right. If we don't consecrate our lives to God daily, we'll find ourselves consecrated to someone or something else. That's what will happen. Someone or something else will always take the place that God should have if we're not praying the prayer of consecration and we're not intentional about that. So we're going to be extra intentional, amen? And we're going to consecrate. We can do that right now. Let's just take a few minutes and do that. Why don't you stand? Let's just change the energy in the room a little bit. Let's just stand before we give and let's just consecrate ourselves to the Lord. It's very simple. You know the scriptures, you know what the scriptures say that he, you know, exchanged for us. You know what it means to be connected to him. Now remember, prayer is not, you're way up there, can you hear me and I'm way down here, I'm going to try to talk so you can hear me. No, we're going eyeball to eyeball, face to face with him when we pray. That's why. It's important to live right <laughs> because have you ever messed up? And this is me. I was out doing my thing and maybe, you know, wasn't coming home, you know, the right way about me. And, you know, I had to, you know, she was always up. And so even when she was sleeping, she was up. And so the door would open and you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, you don't want to look at the person. Sin will stop you from looking at God and coming close to him. And so that's why you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Again, we have 1 John 1, 9. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 
And so that way it doesn't stop me from coming. A lot of times we mess up, so we're like, well, I'm far enough as it is. I'm just going to just, I, I can't. No, like Dad always says, run to him. Don't run from him. Your place is in him. And his love is always there for you. So look him in the eye. <laughs> look him in the eyes when you pray to him. And how do you do that? Well, he's not here, Maria. In your heart. In your heart. We've got imaginations for everything else. We can see everything else in our mind. Picture him in your heart while you're praying. Amen. Father, come on, dedicate, consecrate yourself to him. Father, tonight, we're just wanting you to know we're coming close. We're drawing near face to face and eyeball to eyeball with you. We want to stand strong in you. You said to stand strong. And so tonight, we give you all of our insecurities that we have. We give you all the pride tonight that we may have. We give you all of the fear that may be trying to creep in. We give you the negativity. We give you the addiction. We give you the strife. We give it all to you. You said you want it. You said to turn it over to you. So we give it to you. We give the I don't knows to you. I don't understand. We give it to you. All of the questions that we have. All of the, the, the insecurities that we have. We give it to you. And we give you all the talent that you've given to us. We give you all the skills. We put it in your hands. We lay it on the altar, Father God. And we tell you we don't want nothing without you having it first. And so, Father, we thank you that as you bless it, we'll receive it and we'll do it. We'll walk in it. And so, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you that we can come boldly. We can come boldly. We can draw close to you. We repent of those things that we've done that have not been pleasing to you. We put those things aside. We'll not touch them again with our minds. We'll not touch them again with our bodies in the name of Jesus. We repent and we receive our cleansing now by faith in Jesus' name. We declare that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We declare that greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. We no longer have to be bound to sin. We no longer have to be bound to those things. But Father, we thank you that we are free. We are free. We receive your freedom. We receive your freedom in exchange, Father God, for the bondage. We receive freedom. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. Hallelujah. We receive the blood of Jesus. We receive all the precious promises that you've provided for us. We receive our healing. We receive our health. Hallelujah. We receive your wisdom. We receive abundant provision. We receive it all. We receive your power. We receive your presence. We receive your goodness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We have the victory. And we'll keep the victory. We'll keep the victory. We'll keep the victory. Every day. Every day. We'll maintain victory. Our position of victory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. 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 Come on and praise him. Glory to God. I thank you, Father. 
I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Oh, we consecrate ourselves to you. Our hands, our feet, our mouths, our eyes, our ears, <laughs> our bodies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you say to say, we'll say. What you tell us to do, we'll do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Otoromo sina mando rasina. Onorobo sina labrom de mandran de neshe. Lamrosuna mandrosta robosa. Ha 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 ha. Osunomom randane manzelerianto. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Bless the name of Jesus. You're forever faithful. Forever faithful, forever true to your word. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. We thank you for the preparation. Yes. We thank you that you're preparing us. We don't know all yes. that's coming. We don't know it all, but you do. Yes. And so I thank you that yes. such a time as this, yes. you're having us get into your word concerning these things. And I thank you, Lord, you're going to reveal more and more to us in these coming days, in these coming hours. We thank you for it. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory to God. You can be seated just for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. I love the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I love the Lord and I love his word. And the more we get in it, the more we love it. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. If you're ready to give, you can raise your hand if you need an offering envelope. Uh, Ivan will serve you tonight. Those who are online, you can give by going to uh, our website, FHFCMA. If you give uh, through PushPay, you can do so as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true. We thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. So let's look at a scripture verse concerning giving. Hallelujah. Uh, there's plenty... Uh, there's plenty of verses on giving. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's, I think, because of the revelation that he continues to give uh, through that uh, verse. I love 2 Corinthians. Uh, but there's plenty of verses that we can go to. Uh, let's look at, I, I guess we'll look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9. Let's look at the verse 10 uh, of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. And I heard this one time, and uh, you've got to qualify to get seed. Who gets seed? The sower. <laughs> the sower. You don't get seed if you're not a sower. And so you've got to qualify for this verse. We read it and we go, yes, you give seed to the sower. Well, I sow every once in a while. A sower is someone who continuously sows. It means they sow, and they sow, and they sow, and they sow. <laughs> and so uh, it says, oh, 
really seriously. Go away. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. My, um, I wasn't reading it from my Bible app. I was reading it from something else, and an ad came up. <laughs> All right. So uh, I got to go to it in the Bible app. All right. So 9, 10. Here we go. And I got to get out of the message. I'll do it out of the New King James. How's that? New King James. Okay. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. So he gives us the seed to sow, and then he takes care of us when we give. But we qualify here by being a sower. He takes care of us and supplies the food. Multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Glory to God. God is all about increase, multiplication. He's not a God of division. Not that he doesn't know division, <laughs> but he's not a God of division. He's a God of multiplication. He's a God of adding to you. He's a God of increase. Yeah, there are some things that we need to not have in our lives. <laughs> He'll let us know when to lay them down. But he's the God who is adding to us. It says when we seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added to you. What things? What are you believing God for? Everything you need. Anything you need. He's not withholding it. It says every good and precious gift is from above, from the Father. Who withholds nothing good from his children? So if it's something good, you don't have to pray if it be your will. For healing, don't pray. If it be your will, heal this, heal that. No, it's his will to heal. <laughs> Is it your will to be healed? That's what you should ask. If it's the person's will to be, do you want to be healed? Sometimes they're like, no, I want to go to heaven. Thank you very much. Release me and let me go. And then we all cry and say, we don't understand why Sister Mary, we all prayed. She was a woman of faith. She wanted to go to heaven. <laughs> let her go. <laughs> it's selfish of us to keep her here. But that's how pr prayer is. There's mechanics to prayer. And sometimes we blame God because we don't, we throw up our little prayer and it doesn't work. And we are like, God doesn't hear me. No, that's not what it is. Maybe get the right kind of prayer for that situation and you'll be more effective in your prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, come on up, Ivan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're, we have lots of uh, online givers in this church. <laughs> I remember days it was you, you only relied on the receptacle, and that's it. Now we do most things online. I was listening to uh, Nancy Dufresne talk about Ed Dufresne and his first job cleaning toilets in the church. Do you remember that? And he was a greeter. And then he took a job as a construction worker. Uh, he, he, was, he did construction, so the Lord told him to go to the church and offer his services for their building project. And so he went, and they hadn't even announced the building project, so he went and he told the pastor, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm a, I do construction, the Lord told me to be the foreman. And he said, oh, yes, you're right. So he had it on paper. This is what I need for my family to live off. He said, oh, we can't pay you. <laughs> we can't pay you a dime. And he said, oh, <laughs> And so Nancy was talking about divine compensation. Divine compensation comes when you walk in the plan of God. If you're doing your own plan, 
The only compensation you'll have is what man can give you and what you can add to yourself. But when you stick to his plan, you get divine compensation and there's an endless supply. And so she talked about how he did that. He went and he took the job and he told God, you're going to supply for me. He was going behind Safeway to the dumpster to get food for his family. He did that a few times and someone came out from Safeway and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to get the food that's like a week old and, you know, you know that I can get. And he said, oh, no, come back tomorrow. He had crates of food outside for him every day, you know, not outdated food, good food every day. He said he not only fed his family, but he fed the whole people in the church that needed it. Anyone in the church that needed it. God took care of him. He needed a mortgage pay, paid. So he went and took a job. He was going to be disobedient and take another job. And God said, okay, if that's what you want to do, but the plan is over there. You do this and that's what you'll have for the rest of your life. So he's like, nope. So he didn't surrender to the, he didn't surrender to, you know, this other job. He surrendered to the plan, and God provided. God provided. Was it easy? No, not at all. But thank God he did it because he became a man that has helped so many people when he was here on this earth. And so the plan of God receives divine compensation. I love it. I love it. Praise the Lord. Stan, let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, when we give that we connect with heaven. We're giving out of a heart of gratitude, a heart that's surrendered to you and consecrated to you. We show you that we're consecrated to you and that our hearts are connected to you by our giving. You see our hearts. You see that we are cheerful. We love to do it. We're not being made to do it, but we get to do it. That's the heart that we have to give. And so we thank you that the exchange for that is your provision. And we thank you for an abundant supply that will never end. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you again for coming tonight. Thank you for those who joined us online. I pray you got something out of the word of God tonight. Stay tuned uh, to Facebook on Friday. Uh, we'll let you know what we're going to do with Sunday service. Have a blessed day and evening in the Lord.